about Mary and Joseph. Why did God pick them out of anybody else in the universe? We don't know for sure how old Mary was. Um, some scholars say that she could be as young as 14. I don't know. I'm pretty old, but I wasn't around then. I don't know Mary personally. I probably wish I did. But, but no matter how old she was, she was obedient to whatever God wanted to do. And we're going to look into that a little bit. We're going to look at Luke. Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of the line of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Those are probably the best, most awesome words you could hear when you see an angel face to face. Because there were some people that saw an angel face to face and they got a pretty rough rebuke at times in the Old Testament. But I, I like that these angels, whenever they're going to give you good news, the first thing they say is don't be afraid. Because these people are like ready to drop dead and have a heart attack. They're so scared. And then he says, you have found favor with God. How, how much better of a greeting could that be? If an angel comes to you and says, you have found favor with God. I want so much that when we see the Lord face to face, that we hear from his lips, well done, good and faithful servant. You will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary? asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is currently, right now, in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Check out this answer. This, this is really important. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Now, Mary asked a fair question. Unlike Zechariah, if you read like before where we read, we don't have time to read it today, but an angel, the same angel, Gabriel, went to Zechariah who was the father of John the Baptist, and said, hey, you're going to have a child, you and your wife, in your old age. And he's, he asked the question, he goes, how, how do I know this is going to happen? Well, it's like, duh. An angel of God just came down and told you this is what's going to happen. I mean, what do you need more than that? I mean, I spelled it out for you. And, and that's really what Gabriel said, too. He goes, in, in my own terminology, he says, dude, 
I just came down from heaven around the throne of God to give you this news. Now, because you didn't believe it, you're not going to be able to talk for the next nine months until this thing comes to pass. Mary was like, she asked a, a fair question. I mean, they never had a baby born of a virgin before, and I don't believe in record that they've ever had one since. So she just asked, she says, how can this be because I'm a virgin? And he says, this is what's going to happen. And she says, be it unto me according to your word. That's where we want to be. When God gives, puts on our hearts to do something, when he tells us to do something, we need to be, be it unto me, Lord, according to your word. Not making up excuses. I mean, she could have made up a ton of excuses. She could have said, well, hey, I'm not, you know, gee, I'm, I'm very young. I'm not even married. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pledged to be married. I'm engaged, I guess. But, you know, I'm not even married. I've never had children before. Yeah, why, why don't you go with, uh, you know, I'm not telling you, uh, Lord, what to do, but why don't you go with somebody that's already had children? You know, that way they can raise this baby up just the way you want. Perfect. But she didn't. She didn't make up a bunch of excuses. We've seen in the Bible, in the Old Testament, how other people, including Moses, said, well, why don't you use this person? He would be, you know, I mean, I, I don't speak real good. I, I'm not this, I'm not that. And, and God actually got a little perturbed with him, but he, he said, okay, you don't want to be used all the way? Okay, I'll use your brother instead. I don't want God to choose to use somebody else for a task solely on the reason that, Lord, I ain't going to do it. Lord, I don't think I can handle it. Lord, I, I think you got the wrong guy. Lord, I think you're crazy. You know, you remember what he said to Job when Job was whining and complaining, or Jonah, rather. No, Job. No, Jonah. Back up. What he said to Jonah, who was whining and complaining about these Ninevites, you know, he's like, well, I know if I went, like, like God doesn't know what he's doing. God, you don't know what you're doing. I know that how you are, and you'll forgive these people if if I give them a chance. So I'm not going to go talk to them because that, it just wouldn't be right. You don't know what you're doing. You need to French fry these people. <laughs> and then he starts whining about this, you know, about this vine that he didn't even create. And God says, you know, why are you whining about this vine that you didn't do anything? You didn't plant it. You didn't do anything with it. I created it. I made it happen. What? And you care about this vine, this stupid little vine. And there's, I think, 40,000 people down there that are off the track, that are on their way to hell, basically, because they don't know their right hand. They don't know their path. They don't have their right hand in front of their, or right foot in front of their left foot. We try to reason with God. Even Job, Job, a righteous man, when he was going through all those tests, at the end, he's like, God, I don't think this is fair. You know, I'm, 
I've been a righteous guy. I've been faithful to you from the very beginning up through now. How come I'm going through all this bad stuff and, let the, and yet the evil people, they're getting off easy? And God said to him, let me ask you something, Job. Were you there when I created the earth? Did I, did I need your, your direction on how this thing works? Were you there when I created the Leviathan and the Bohemoth and all these other things? Did, did I have to ask you, Job, how, how it's done? And, and when God started going down that path, immediately Job was like, I screwed up. He, he knew it. He's like, God, forgive me. I, I speak in total ignorance as a fool. I don't want to speak in total ignorance as a fool. I don't want God to say, okay, you won't do this task, so I'm going to have your brother Aaron do it instead, like Moses did. I just want to be obedient. And it's easier said than done, because we're human and we reason things out, why we can't do things, or we're not good enough, or I don't sing good enough, or I don't play an instrument good enough, or, you know, Lord, the task is too big. But God knows the task, and he knows the people that he tasks it with. And we just need to be faithful like Mary. She, she knew in, in her own way there was no way whatsoever that she could make this happen. But she said, be it unto me according to your word. That's one of the huge, huge reasons why God chose to use this lady. This young lady, like I said, we don't know for sure how old she was, if she was a teenager or whatever. But God chose to use her because her heart was, Lord, your will be done. Just like Jesus said, not my will, yours be done. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, at that time, it doesn't say weeks, months later. It says, at that time, Mary got up and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Elizabeth exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Now, this all happened right at the doorway. They didn't have telephones like we have today. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have all these things where Mary could say, Hey, I'm coming over to your place. You know, I'm going to travel over there. I'll be there in a few hours or a, or a day or whatever. She just had to go. <laughs> and when she shows up, the Holy Spirit that was in Elizabeth, because that Holy Spirit was inside John the Baptist, rose up in her. And she began to prophesy, which was a great thing. It's so neat how God confirms his word. You know, sometimes I've seen so many people fall by the wayside in churches today because some false prophet, I'll say, will go up to them 
And, and there's absolutely real prophets today, too. But somebody that professes to be a prophet of God will go to them and say, Hey, God has told me that you need to pack up your family and move here and do this, and God's going to make this happen and that happen. And it doesn't happen. And there wasn't any confirmation. It's just this guy said whatever, and the people just believed it, just said, well, that guy's a prophet, so what he says has to happen, so that's what I'm going to do. We need to pray. We need to ask God for confirmation. He will. And I'm not saying it that he needs to give you five million confirmations. You don't need to be like, um, like Gideon. You don't need to throw the fleece out one day and say, well, God, if this is your will, which you already told him it was, if this is your will, um, make the the fleece dry and the ground wet. Okay, he, d- he did that. Then the next day he says, well, God, don't, don't, be, don't be mad at me, but I want to do one more test. Because I didn't believe you the first time, and I still don't half believe you right now. So this time, let's do just the opposite. I, I just want to know for a fact that this is your will. So what I want you to do this time is make, make the fleece wet and the ground dry. That would be all. Then I'll just know. And he did... But I don't want to be that guy. I don't want God to be mad at me because I didn't believe his word. I don't want to be like Zachariah and not be able to talk for the next nine months, even though my wife might appreciate that. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that he looks at and says, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to be the person like Mary that when she showed up at Elizabeth's door, Elizabeth began to prophesy and says, Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to see me? Blessed is she, talking about Mary, blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord said to her will be accomplished. Elizabeth knew that in her heart. The whole thing. I mean, like I said, she didn't, Mary didn't have a chance to say, Hey, you know, I saw this angel Gabriel and he told me this and that. I mean, Elizabeth just knew and prophesied it to her. And that was great confirmation for Mary to make her feel better that, wow, you know. I mean, she already was okay with, Lord, whatever you want to do is good. But that just, it makes you feel so much better when God confirms it through other people and circumstances where you know, hey, I'm on the right track here. I'm doing God's will. Even though everything's still really sketchy, I know I'm on the right track. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he who has he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has Perform mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Now, that shows you a little bit more about Mary's character. Obviously, she knew she was brought up in and knew to respect the Lord. 
She knew these scriptures. She knew that Abraham and his descendants, all of Israel, had promises that they were going to receive. And she is all about it now. She is ready to, to dive in feet first. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. So she stayed there till about the time. We don't know if she stayed there till John the Baptist was born or not. I'm, I'm kind of guessing not, but I don't know that for a fact. Um, but the point is, she immediately, when she got the news, she immediately went to Elizabeth to see her because she knew that she was in her sixth month of pregnancy and she was an old lady. And then God gave Elizabeth that confirmation that really blessed Mary. And Mary immediately says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She, this lady is a woman of God. No matter how old she is, that was her heart, was to bless the Lord. And she was blessed by God at this point. That's why God chose to use her. She didn't argue, didn't complain. She says, be it unto me according to your word. And now she's excited. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Wow. That is, that is so awesome. Now I want to look a little bit at Joseph here. From Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. <clears throat> now, I think this really shows something about Joseph's character. For, for one, he loved Mary. Now he's very disappointed in her because up till now, nobody's had a child. There's only one way to have a child. So that means she would have cheated on him. You know, she says, hey, I want to marry you. We had this agreement that we were going to get married. And then all of a sudden she's pregnant. And he knows he had no part in it. So in the natural, he's saying, man, really? He's down, he's discouraged. He still loves her, but he's just so disappointed in her, thinking that's her fault. He has in mind to divorce her quietly. In, in, in biblical times, which would be in this time also, Old Testament, which is what they're still living in up to this point, their law said that if a, if a, woman, or if a woman was caught in the act of adultery, she was to be stoned to death. In other words, they were just going to throw big rocks on her until she dropped dead. Which is a terrible thing. We even see an example of it in the book of Acts with Stephen. So her punishment would have been death. But Joseph being a righteous man has in mind, you know what, we'll get married We'll, we'll go through all the motions, and then I'll just divorce her quietly, and she can go about her life, and I'll go about mine, and, and it'll be okay. <clears throat> verse 
But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they are to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That was actually a prophecy from Isaiah 7.14 that was fulfilled a couple thousand years, I believe, later, or sometime later anyway. I didn't do the math on the dates, but it was quite a while later. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This guy is a righteous guy. He, he could have said the same thing as what I said Mary could have said. He could have been like, Lord, I, this is too much for me. I've never had... I've never been married before. I've never had a, a kid before. I don't even know how to raise a kid. I'm just, a, I'm just a simple little carpenter. I build things with wood. That's all I know. I don't know how to raise a kid. I'm just young myself. But he didn't. He said, he got up. When he woke up from, he was asleep, actually, this guy, he sees a lot when he's sleeping, which is cool. You know, God talks to people in different ways. Mary, the angel just came and showed up right on, right in her face pretty much and said, this is what's going to happen. With Joseph, we're going to see several examples of he was asleep and the Lord spoke to him. He saw an angel in his, in his sleep. And the angel told him, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, the word, actually, it, it's also Joshua in the Hebrew, and it means the Lord saves. That's, that's literally what Jesus means, or Joshua means the Lord saves. All this took place to fulfill what was said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up that, that night or whatever, that night, morning, whatever, when he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. That's the kind of faith we need to have. We, wanna, we want people, we want God to use us mightily we need to have a heart like Mary had and a heart like Joseph had. People that were righteous people, obedient to God, and when they heard from God and God said, this is what I want done, they just said, okay. No questions asked. No, no reveling, no arguing, no, well, I'll have to think about it. Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. Joseph said, Joseph woke up the next morning or that night or whatever and took Mary home to be his wife. Not a lot of time to think and discussion. After this time, 
in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 2 starts out talking about the Magi. We're going to skip that section just because of time. Now, the, the only thing I'll say about that is a lot of people think that the Magi were there at the manger scene because all the a lot of the plays and the movies on TV and the manger scenes, the nativity scenes, have those guys there. Be honest with you, even the the nativity scene on my front doorstep has those guys there because I think they're pretty cool looking guys. But that's not really how it happened. These guys didn't show up on the scene in Bethlehem till probably two years later. Could be a hair shorter. Um, Herod might have bought himself a little time and figured a year and a half. I don't know. Again, I'm old, but I wasn't there to, to see this all come to play. But, but the Bible makes it clear that Herod was went with according to the time that the Magi told him they saw the star, which was two years previous. Well, actually it says he, he killed all the babies two years old and younger in accordance with the time that was given. Like I said, I wasn't there and I didn't hear the conversation between them. And personally, I wouldn't want to be in Herod's presence anyway because the guy was a reprobate. Um, if he wants to kill the king of kings and lord of lords, he's not really the guy I want to hang around with and eat lunch with. <clears throat> okay, so we skip down. The last verse of that section, chapter 2, verse 12 of Matthew, these magi, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Again with the dreams with Joseph. The, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. It doesn't say he just had a dream of an angel, like I had too much pizza and I had some dream. But the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed there until the death of Herod, and so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son, which was also an Old Testament prophecy from Hosea 11.1. <clears throat> so Joseph, again, just like before when he was told in a dream by an angel, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, and he got up and did that. He woke up and he went ahead and took her as his wife. Here, the same thing. He's woke. He's woken up. Woken up. That's not really a word, I don't think. But he woke up. He, the angel shook him or got his attention and said, "Get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there till I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him." He could have been like. Man, I'm tired. I just want to roll over. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you again, Lord, tomorrow morning, or I'll, I'll, I'll contemplate how I'm going to do this thing. I mean, I mean, I'm living here. I got all my, my stuff here. You know, this is where I'm residing. Because this is, like I said, two years after the event happened, the Magi saw the baby and his mother and father in their home, not at the manger scene. A couple years later, so they live there. They they've set up roots. They're they're there. 
And all of a sudden, they get this message from God, from this angel while he's asleep, saying, hey, grab, grab mama and the baby and get out of here because Herod's going to try to kill you guys. Going to try to kill the baby. So, he got up and took the child and his mother during the night and they left for Egypt. He did it right then. He got up and said, okay, let's go. Just whatever's on your back, whatever you can throw on your back quick, and let's get out of Dodge. <clears throat> when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the babies, the boys in Bethlehem, and in its vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Another Old Testament prophecy taken from Jeremiah 31.15. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph, again, again in the dreams with this guy. You know, God moves in different ways with different people. If you look at a church, if you've been involved, especially in any kind of a Pentecostal church, you'll see that God uses some people to teach. He uses some people to, to have gifts of tongues, gifts of interpretation of tongues, gifts of prophecy, gifts of healings, gifts of miracles. He gives, the Holy Spirit gives all kinds of gifts. Not everybody has every gift because then we wouldn't need each other. I mean, if I had all the gifts myself, why would I need anybody else? Because I'd be all set. We need each other. We're one body with many parts, the Bible says. We all have different gifts as the Holy Spirit determines or as He desires to give them out. Mary, she, she had the face on with God, with the angel of the Lord, with Gabriel, actually. Joseph, he's talked to in dreams all these times that we see it. I'm just saying there's a lot of ways that God speaks to different people, how he puts things on our hearts. Sometimes he uses a prophet. Like, like with Mary, he had Elizabeth speak to her to give her confirmation that, hey, why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord has come here to see me? And praise the Lord that you obeyed. You believed. You were given a word and you believed it. And that was before she had a chance to say she believed it. So, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up. Again, he, just, he did whatever God told him to do. So he got up took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. One thing that's neat is God fulfilled his word, his Old Testament prophecies, 
so many times in the birth of Jesus alone. I mean, he, he, he confirmed his word in many other things that he said and did, but just there was so many times, so many things were confirmed through this event. But you know, Mary and Joseph, they set a perfect example of who we need to be, how we need to be. Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm going to do it. We can make all kinds of excuses. God calls us to do some kind of a ministry like, like this one. And we can say, well, God, man, that, that is such a big project. And, you know, and I've never done this before. I'm not real good at it. Or, you know, there, there's this other guy who started three other churches that are really big now. And, you know, maybe you ought to use them, Lord, to, to, to do this one, too, because he's experienced and he can get it done. He didn't ask for your uh, inquiry of how you think his, his desire can be answered. He just gives you a choice. He gives you a command, but he gives you the choice of, do you want to obey him and be used by him? Or do you want to argue with him all the way? Some of you kids are, are new at playing music. You know, some of you have only been playing a few years or less than a year. And, and you could say, wow. You know, like when we played out by the Christmas tree a couple weeks ago, you could say, wow, I, I can't do that. I can't play in front of a bunch of people. I don't have any experience, you know. This is the first time I've ever played publicly, and, you know, and I'm nervous. Everybody gets nervous about different things. I get nervous about things even today sometimes. Some things are easier for me because I've done it so long, especially in the Lord, that it's easier. But sometimes certain events happen or certain people are involved or whatever where even I get nervous today of doing things. But we need to put our faith and trust in the Lord and say, Lord, your word says that when I am weak, then you make me strong. We need to trust him. Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, help us to be ready, willing, and able to do whatever you want us to do. And, and not even worrying about the able part, just knowing that we're ready and willing and you are the one responsible for making us able, Lord. You know our hearts. You know our abilities. You know what we can and can't do. You know what you can have us do that we don't even know we can do yet. Lord, I thank you that you give gifts as you desire. Help us. Lord, help us with this work here to do better and better for you, Lord. And, and again, Lord, I do ask for skills. I ask for an ability to sing better. I ask for that you'd help Marilyn sing better. I ask that you would help Eddie, who's been playing sax for years, help him to, to play better than he's ever played before and to sing better. Lord, I ask for Ariel and, and Braden, that you would help them to play piano and keyboard better than they ever could before, that you would increase their gifts and abilities. Lord, for Jonathan and Joanna, that you would help them to play guitars better and better every day. Lord, 
for Riley. Help him to play drums better every single day. Lord, we want to use these talents and abilities for you. Help me to play guitar and bass and whatever else better for you, Lord. Lord, we want to do these things for your honor and glory. We don't want people to walk in these doors one time and 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 think, man, you know, these guys aren't that good at what they do. Lord, we want them to come in and say, wow, you got all these young kids here doing worship. And, and the biggest thing is we could sense your Holy Spirit here in this place as they led worship. Lord, that's what we want. We want people to know beyond the shadow of a doubt, to sense the presence of your Holy Spirit with whatever we do. Lord, help Dan as he preaches the word and, and Eddie and myself. Help us to get better and better at what we do and, and help Sam to get better at what he does with the PowerPoint and, and the ladies with kids' ministries and all this stuff, setting up and tearing down. Lord, it's all stuff. But Lord, we want to do it well for you. We want people to come into this place and, and, and mostly sense your Holy Spirit, Lord. We don't want to distract. We don't want to take away from anything you want to do. And Lord, we would love for people to come in and say, Wow, I cannot believe your worship is what it is with the, with the age of the people that you have on the worship team and that. But Lord, it's not about us looking good for ourselves. Lord, we, we don't want anything to draw people away from you. We want people to look at what we're doing here and see that Hey, these hearts, these people are all in love with the Lord. And these people also care about us who are coming into this place. Lord, we want people to sense that we love them, that we care about them, and mostly that you love them and care about them. Lord, use us. Use this small group of people to change Albany and Colony and Clifton Park, and the areas south of Albany. Lord, we want to make a difference. Schenectady. We want to make a difference for your glory and honor and praise. We want to share the word with excitement, just like the shepherds shared your word on what happened. Lord, we love you and praise you and thank you for all things. In Jesus' name, amen. We got a song here.